0: pay the bus fare to get out to where the church was located and then the money was gone and so I I shared that night and um, this this is all open air and out of the darkness a man came up to me and he said in Spanish, God bless you, held out his hand and I could feel something between his hand and my hand and I remember thinking, oh God I hope that that is what I think it might be.
1: (laughs)
2: G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, today we have the conclusion of our series with Chris and Erica Grace. It all started with Erica sharing her father's fascinating story of being one of Mussolini's bodyguards in World War II before eventually becoming a Christian in South America. Then Erica shared her own story, and finally, Chris shared about his world travels that eventually took him to Paraguay, South America, where he met Erica after becoming a Christian. Today, both of them will join us to tell their story as a couple and the unique challenges they faced as missionaries on very little income in South America. As we'll hear, they had to live by faith day to day and they'll share some of the remarkable ways that God provided for them. Once again, Eric Scadabo is chatting with Chris and Erica Grace from their home on the east side of Melbourne. Erica, tell us, what was it like when all of a sudden uh, you met this
3: guy from Australia?
4: It was the biggest surprise of my life, because I had gone to Bible school in Texas, and then this was my third year, and they had a new program called Missions Internship,
1: Mm
4: -hmm. and uh, in a miraculous way, God provided for me to go to work with missionaries in Paraguay. I had never been in Paraguay before, Mm -hmm. ever. knew nothing about Paraguay, but when the missionaries picked me up from the airport, they said, wait till you meet the Australian.
1: Oh. <laughs>
4: and I said, Australian? What language does he speak? <laughs> That's how little I knew. <laughs> and the missionary made fun of of Chris's accent, and he said, well, we think it's English. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but half the time we have to say, what was that? What? You know, so we had a good laugh, and uh, I know nothing about Australia. But there you go, when I met him, I I really felt like my heart had skipped a beat because he had these intense eyes and I felt like he, <laughs> he was looking right through me, right into my soul. Oh, wow. And uh, I thought, yeah, something's happened here.
3: So he made an impression on you, but uh, he sure did. a relationship didn't blossom right away, I guess, if I remember correctly how your story goes. Let's go back to Chris. What happened yeah. next?
0: Well, Erica went back to the states to finish her Bible college, and I uh, stayed on, also studying at the at the Bible college. And I started working in a very small church in Asuncion in a very poor area of the city. Mm-hmm. And next year, Erica came back to do some more teaching. And look, we renewed the contact. Really, the relationship didn't blossom in in that second period, in 1975. But then, once again in 76, Erica came back <laughs> once again to do a bit more teaching yeah. at the college. And
4: kept
0: coming back. by now...
3: She couldn't stay away from you, Chris. <laughs> uh,
0: well, I, I tell you, by now, Eric, I was um, pastoring this small church. Oh, wow. Wow, and you grew. Trying to finish at Bible college. Mm-hmm. I, I was still living in. But I, I was saying, God, you know, I really would like to have a wife. Uh, it's not easy pastoring as yeah. a single man. Yeah. So by 1976, when Erica came back the third time, um, things really started to blossom even more, Eric. And um, got it. So we we realised that the Lord was really speaking to both of us and had brought us together. Mm. And so I proposed in September of 1976. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we had to get the permission of Erica's father, of course. Oh. Um, but that came. And we we were married in 1977. I, I went up to La Paz because Erica was up there with her parents. Mm-hmm. And Erica's dad married us up there in La Paz, Bolivia.
3: Really? Yeah. Yeah. Erica's father officiated at the ceremony?
0: He officiated at the ceremony. Yeah. Oh, cool. And then we returned to... Um, to continue pastoring this church for a couple of years in Paraguay. Right.
1: Wow.
3: Okay. So suddenly, your full-time ministry at that point is that right? That's
0: right. right. Um, because I graduated, mm-hmm. and then we were fully involved in the church. And I might point out that I was on the amazing salary of thirty-five dollars a month. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's pittance. <laughs> we, we we didn't have a, a great deal of income.
4: <laughs> wow. They They increased the salary when we got married. He was doing less than that when he was single, so we were very oh. happy with thirty five dollars. But it, I tell you, it was never enough.
3: <laughs> wow! So that was a, a challenge you had right off in your young married life was just surviving on such a low income.
0: It was, and yet looking back, I really am thankful for that, Derek, because we is that right? Um, saw some wonderful provision by God, of our needs at that time. I might just share with you a little story. I was Mm -hmm. having an outdoor crusade in November of 1977, um, every night just sharing the gospel message near our church, and we ran out of money. Oh, wow. And we also ran out of food. And I'll never forget the, the the so-called meal that Erica prepared for me at lunchtime before I went out in the evening to uh, share a gospel message. She boiled up for me uh, the remaining potatoes and one egg. Mm-hmm. And she made herself uh, a soup of like cabbage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then with that, all of our food was gone. Yep. And I had enough money to pay the bus fare to get out to where the church was located. And then the money was gone. Wow. And so I I shared that night, and um, this this is all open air. Mm -hmm. And out of the darkness, a man came up to me, and he said in Spanish, God bless you, held out his hand, and I could feel something between his hand and my hand. And I remember thinking, oh, God, I, I, I hope... That that is what I think it might be. Mm. <laughs> yeah, some <laughs> yeah. money, a banknote, a banknote. And uh, but you know, at lunchtime we were reading through the Psalms, and we were reading for that day Psalm 111, and there's a verse there that says, "He provides food for those who fear Him. He mm. remembers His covenant forever." Wow. And we've never forgotten that, Eric. And we've been to the brink a few times, mm-hmm. but we've always seen God provide for our needs over these years, Eric. Mm. He's been faithful. And I was amazed because we're still new in ministry. Yeah. And I remember saying to Erica, my goodness, here we are without food. And it says here today, here's this verse. Yeah. He provides food for those who fear him. And that very night, we got this note in Guadanias um, enough to see us through a few more days. Wow. So, look, it was a faith-building time.
1: Mm-hmm. We had
0: one another. Mm-hmm. We didn't have any family with us. Um, you know, mine's in Australia. Erica's also a long way away. Mm-hmm. But, look, we, we had one another, and it was a, a blessed time. Not easy, but we look back. And are very grateful for those faith building moments. Yeah. When you see God provide for you and help you.
2: You're listening to The Story, where today we're hearing the conclusion of our series with Chris and Erica Grace, who served for many years as missionaries in South America. They're sharing their story as a couple, and next, we'll hear how they eventually moved to Australia. Also, Erica will share how Chris and his family were instrumental in helping her heal from emotional wounds from her childhood. All that and more when we return. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME.
0: That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888.
2: Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax, and this is The Story. Today, we're hearing the conclusion of Chris and Erica Grace sharing their life stories. As we heard before the break, they served for many years as missionaries in South America. Next, we'll hear more about their life as missionaries and how they eventually come to live in Chris's home country of Australia. And where were you living at that
3: time?
0: We lived on the Bible school property because they provided us a little room with a
4: bathroom, rent free. Mm-hmm. So we lived there, and we used the Bible School kitchen, which was about uh, a football field away.
3: A football field away.
4: <laughs> oh wow! Uh, so they let us. The missionaries let us use their kitchen. We didn't have any mission support at this time or anything; just the church support.
3: So you were missionaries before raising your support, in a sense.
4: Exactly. That's oh right. wow! In a
0: way, we were.
3: So I want to get to, Erica, when did you finally get to come to Australia and see it for the first time?
4: So we were living in Paraguay, and then they asked us to move to Bolivia because all the missionaries were going to go on furlough, and they needed somebody to step in right away. Mm -hmm. So we went up to Bolivia. Uh, It was through missionaries, uh, Mennonite missionaries, actually, friends of ours that we had met in Paraguay. They went home on furlough and spoke to their congregation about us. And they had said, you know, we know Chris for many years, and now he's married, and he's has gone back to Australia for 11 years. Wow. And the congregation heard this story, and they, they said, we feel this young man needs to go back to Australia. And they raised the funds necessary for us oh, to wow. be able to afford to go back to Australia. Yeah. And uh, so they sent us this wonderful gift and the proviso was that we would travel through the states and meet the congregation actually be able to thank them Mm -hmm. face-to-face and hear Chris's testimony especially. And when we got to Sydney in December, we found out too that uh, we were expecting our first child.
3: (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, you probably need some support then.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. Well... During that time in in Bolivia, we moved from Paraguay to Bolivia for a year uh, to be teaching in the Bible schools Mm -hmm. up there. I had been given the the contact details of the mission director of the Assemblies of God in Australia. I was amazed to find out that they had a mission program. Mm. And so during that whole year, I was having contact with the missions director and they finally agreed to... um, that they wanted to, to support our work in South America, but uh, the advice was we really need you to come home to um, get to know our churches, yeah. the churches yeah. to get to know you mm-hmm. and to have a, a time of furlough back in Australia. Mm-hmm. So God supplied through our Mennonite friends and as uh, Erica said, we got back in December of 1979. I'd been away for 11 years. And we spent the next year in Australia getting ready to go back as, mm-hmm. uh, as you have mentioned, official missionaries huh. in Bolivia.
3: Now, Erica, first impressions of Australia?
4: Oh, I was blown away. I couldn't believe how beautiful Sydney was. And when we were looking at, at it outside from the airplane, all the red tiles, everything looked so tidy. <laughs> And I remember thinking, I've never seen so many brick homes. Everything is brick. But everywhere I looked, there was, you know, the ocean, ocean views, everything was beautiful. I was uh, amazed that there weren't any soldiers or policemen (laughs) out in the streets.
1: So you were used (laughs) to that in South America? In in
4: the countries I had lived in. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, yeah, it just looked like an amazing, beautiful country
3: might have been hard to decide to go back to South America after all that.
4: Um, No, not really. I think when you have a calling, Mm. you know that there's something in your heart that says, come on, let's get going. We've got to be busy doing something. I need to be doing something. But we were here for a year and it was wonderful to see Chris just reminisce and remember, you know, and (laughs) we had some funny events when he would (laughs) walk into a shop and it would be a barber shop and he'd say, what happened to the ice cream place that used to be here? <laughs> and I'd say, where have you been? That's like 10 years ago. <laughs> and uh, so it was, it was really joyful for me to see Chris just really enjoy meeting old friends mm, or yeah. going to places where he had been when he was a child. And also his wonderful parents who turned out to be a real mother and father to me. Mm.
3: Was that part of your healing as well, his parents?
4: Yes, I guess in a way they they really yes, absolutely. They just they just took me in right away mm. and Chris's father was just so doting mm. and uh, incredibly generous. I couldn't stop him from buying me things <laughs> and uh, and mom was just always lavishing praise
1: instead of oh, wow.
4: criticism to me. Yeah. He was always amazed that I could cook or do something and to me it was just like a a small little thing but for her it was she was always giving me these encouraging words and saying you're just amazing Erica you're amazing and (laughs) I thought oh what a gift from God to have these wonderful in-laws and a wonderful husband who's never moody he's not violent he never yells at me every day he just greets me with love and tenderness reminds me he loves me And uh, you know what else, Eric? He's a wonderful listener.
1: Oh.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's been a blessing, Eric. Uh, Our relationship, it really Mm -hmm. has all of these years.
3: That's fantastic. Unfortunately, we're quickly running out of time, but how long did you end up serving in South America before coming back to Australia?
0: Um, Before coming back to Australia? 20 years. um, Look, it was 20 years in all. Mm -hmm. So there was a period... Uh, before we came back to join an official organization, we had been serving both in Paraguay and Bolivia. Uh, but in all, it was 20 years, Eric, uh, mm-hmm. the whole period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And look, um, recall it so fondly. Uh, There's still a part of Latin America, South America in my heart, and mm-hmm. I, I enjoy still very much uh, relating with Latins. And we hope we to go back. Um, in the near future, oh. when we can.
3: Mm-hmm. Yes. And when did you come back to Australia?
0: Uh, we came back in 95. I came back to join uh, the mission. Uh, they needed some help uh, with personnel, and as I eventually became the secretary of the mission mm-hmm. and worked there for seven years, and then we went back into full-time ministry here in Melbourne. Mm-hmm.
3: And meanwhile... You had five children?
4: Yes, yes, we had five children. Three of them were born in the mission field mm-hmm. and two here in Australia. And, of course, now they're all adults, and we've just celebrated our 43rd forty third wedding anniversary this year.
0: Ah, oh, fantastic. Congratulations.
4: Yes. God has been faithful.
0: I like to joke when I'm sharing in, uh, in churches, Eric, that our first son born in, in Australia, our second son was born in Tarija, Bolivia, our third son in Lima, Peru, and then our lovely daughter, our only daughter, was born in Santiago, Chile. Oh, my goodness. And then our final son in Manly in Sydney. So I like to say, you know, we have a couple of Aussies, a Bolivian, a Peruvian, and a Chilean. <laughs> And I'm sort of grateful the Lord didn't send us to another nation for what might happen.
4: (laughs) (laughs) We we like souvenirs.
3: (laughs) (laughs) You have quite the international family there.
0: Yes. Yes. Wow, that's fantastic. Wonderful.
3: So, again, we're running out of time, but what are you up to these days?
0: In our movement, we're now um, helping our multinational ethnic churches here in Melbourne in our movement. Mm Mm-hmm. So we have nearly 300 churches in Melbourne, and about nearly 100 of those are fully multinational, ethnic from a wide variety of ethnic backgrounds. A lot of them from Africa, Ethiopia, the Sudan, mm-hmm. Eritrea, Spanish, uh, Italian, Arabic, wow. um, Korean. Yeah, a lot of Filipino churches, um, Sri Lankan, Indian and then a wide range of islander churches, Tonga, Samoa, Cook Island. So, look, we're really enjoying just helping them and uh, relating with them, Eric. It's a
1: great,
4: mm-hmm. a great blessing and honor. It's like being in the mission field. <laughs>
1: yeah,
3: you're in the mission field right here in Melbourne. Yes,
1: absolutely.
0: It's interesting that God is bringing the nations to Australia, Eric, mm-hmm. and um, they, they love our nation. Mm-hmm. They've come with a calling and they're very prayerful, and they're very concerned about just some of the spiritual, moral decay that they Mm. they observe here. Mm. And I thank God that they're all here. They're like little beacons of light out in these these communities, Mm. um, especially in our major cities, especially Melbourne and Sydney. Mm -hmm.
3: Well, I would have to say that you two are uniquely qualified to be involved in international ministry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a blessing, a real blessing in the latter years for us, Eric. Yeah.
4: Gives us great joy.
3: Well, in our remaining moments, any final words that you'd like to share with our listeners about your life journey?
0: Well, I'm just so grateful uh, to God, Eric, that He persevered with me, mm. didn't give up on me. Yeah and that he showed me so much grace and mercy when I didn't deserve it. But certainly, as the Bible says, we're saved by grace and grace alone.
4: Hmm. And I'd like to say a big thank you to the Lord for not allowing me to go through what my plan with the truck the, to unfold his plan for my life, which is so hmm. wonderful. And, you know, the wonderful thing is how God works in our lives, you know, when we surrender. When we surrender, we have to cooperate with the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. don't we? Yeah. To really show a difference of how, the difference that God wants to make in our lives, that joy that He can give you and the peace. And I think uh, God has given me a wonderful husband that has just loved me unconditionally every day, you know, and has given me that wonderful strength to face difficult times, but Mm -hmm. also... As my faith in God has deepened and His Word has become more and more alive in my in my life, wonderful! It's this is these are the things that help you navigate this difficult world to face hardship and to live a triumphant, victorious, God pleasing life. I think um, I've been so blessed. I have five children. Their love and their wonderful love for us and love for one another. You know, God has filled my heart with love. Wow, that's fantastic. And uh, I've been thirsty for that, but He has filled it and He keeps feeling it. And of course, with His wonderful love, it's so unconditional. He's it's, it's just wonderful. I don't know how people live without the Lord. Mm. I just really don't know how they do it.
3: <laughs> Amen. Thank you so much for having us go along on your life journey. Your world travels all the way from Italy to South America and then back to Australia. It's been quite an adventure, not even mentioning all the places that Chris has been by himself. Uh, So thank you so much for sharing your journey with us today.
0: Thank you so much, Eric. Eric. It's, It's been a blessing. God bless you too, Eric. God
2: bless you and your ministry. And your ministry. Thank you so much. Well, that was the conclusion of our five-part series with Erica and Chris Grace. And what a remarkable journey they've been on, both individually and as a couple. And if you've missed any of these episodes in these series or would like to hear any of them again, they're all located at our website, vision.org.au. Once again, that's vision.org. Dot au. While at the website, just look up on-demand podcasts and you'll find all the audio for the story. So that's a good place to go to listen to past programs and you can share the link to that page with your friends also. Well, I think a good verse to end the series with is from Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 9. It says, The Lord your God is the faithful God who for a thousand generations keeps His promises and constantly loves those who love Him and who obey His commands. And as we heard... God has always been faithful throughout the many trials and struggles that both Erica and Chris have faced in their lives. Finally, if you'd like to contact Erica and perhaps encourage her to finish writing the book of her life story, you can reach her through us here at Vision and we'll pass the messages on to her. You can send us a message through our website. Once again, that's vision.org.au. Well, thanks for joining us for this series of stories. Until next time, I'm Jimmy Colfax encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story.
0: As soon as I walked into, well, hobbled in to the appointment, they took one look at my feet and just said, that is the worst case of psoriasis that I have ever seen in my entire career. Then I just went, well, what am I supposed to do about this? You know, like, what is this condition? How am I supposed to live? I'm 24. I'm in a wheelchair. What am I supposed
1: to do?
2: Bonnie Jordan is an athletic young lady who enjoys running, so it was surprising to hear that she suddenly developed an illness that made it difficult for her to even walk. Just as surprising, if not more so, were the events in her life that led to her healing. We'll hear Bonnie's incredible story next time. The The Story, just another way vision is connecting faith to life.